the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, it's good for us as Christians to not delight in, engaging in disputes and so forth, but we are called to be much more than just peacekeepers. We are called to be peacemakers. And sometimes that requires us to be confrontational, to confront people who are doing wrong that and say, you know, you need to get right with that other person. When you just heard Pastor Leighton Sheely say, you need to be confrontational sometimes, did that make you cringe? Well, before you tune us out, hang in there and allow Pastor Leighton to explain exactly what he means. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and the church is on the web at highlands.us. And continuing his study in the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, Here's Pastor Layton. And so the 5th, 6th, and 7th of the Beatitudes describe the inner character of the believer. He's merciful and anxious to make peace because we have been shown mercy by our Savior. Christ has had mercy on us and saved us, and therefore we are merciful towards others. The more righteous a person is, the more merciful they will be to others. The more sinful a person is, the more harsh and critical they will be. And if you're around a person who calls himself a Christian, and yet they are harsh and critical, you can be sure that there's unrepentant sin in their life. To be merciful includes being generous and forgiving and compassionate, wanting to remove the wrong and alleviate suffering. It is a theme that runs throughout the New Testament. James says, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Jesus finishes the story of the unforgiving debtor with the warning, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. The Lord's Prayer, again, is followed by two verses that explains and underlines the portion, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Throughout the New Testament, we are told again and again and again, only the merciful will be shown mercy. Now, as we pointed out earlier, in all probability... The original sermon wasn't preached in in Greek, although our New Testament is given to us in Greek. It was probably preached in Aramaic or Hebrew. And the Hebrew word for mercy is an interesting word because it means more than just to sympathize or feel sorry for the other person. It means to get inside the other person's skin, to see things with their eyes, to think things with their mind, to feel things with their feelings. And it's very rare for any of us to be that merciful to anyone else. Because we're all wrapped up with our thoughts, our feelings, and so forth. But again, Jesus is the example. Think about this. Jesus is God incarnate. The word means in the flesh. God 
in the flesh. God literally got inside a man, became a man, so that he could see things through a man's eyes, feel things through a man's feeling, think things through a man's mind. God has shown us the ultimate mercy in Christ Jesus, God incarnate. One paraphrase of this beatitude reads, Oh, the bliss of a person who gets right inside other people, can see with their eyes, think with their thoughts, feel with their feelings, for that person will know what God has done in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And again, this is taken from an Old Testament passage found in Psalm, which asks the question, who will ascend the hill of the Lord and come into his presence? And the answer is only those with clean hands and a pure heart. To see God as a synonym for having a relationship with him, to know God and be known by him. Only those who have a pure heart will see God. Concerning this word pure from the original language, it has a number of applications. It, it meant uh, the laundry, the laundry that's been cleaned. It was used to describe the harvest that is, um, has been, all the chaff has been removed and only what's valuable remains. It's used to describe milk or wine which has not been mixed with water. It's used to describe metal that has no alloy. And so the basic meaning of the word pure is it's unmixed, unadulterated, unalloyed. Blessed is the person whose motives are always unmixed, for that person will see God, who is pure in heart. We hear the word heart and we think about the physical organ that keeps us alive, and sometimes we'll think about it referring to our emotions, the emotions of the heart. But in the Bible, it stands for the inner state of a person, who they are inside. Jesus said, out of the heart, Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and so forth. Out of the heart is one of the least likely places we're ever going to find righteousness or purity. And yet that's what God is calling for, purity straight from the heart. This beatitude challenges us to be very exacting in our self-examination. What are our motives? When we come to church, what are our motives? Is it, is it to put in our time or to look good or is it really to worship the Lord? When we do works around the church, is it really from a pure motive or is there something in it for us? When we read the Bible, is it, is it really to know God or is it just to get more information about Him? Maybe so we can impress others with what we know. And then verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The best peacemaking any of us can do is bringing someone to Jesus, because he is the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace came and gave the ultimate sacrifice so that God and mankind could be reconciled, and he has called us to the ministry of reconciliation. Now, the word peace in Hebrew doesn't mean the absence of trouble. What it means is everything that's required for the other person's greatest good. Sometimes that also means trouble. Now, it's good for us as Christians to not 
delight in, engaging in disputes and so forth, but we are called to be much more than just peacekeepers. We are called to be peacemakers. And sometimes that requires us to be confrontational, to confront people who are doing wrong that, and say, you know, you need to get right with that other person. There are people who are storm setters of trouble. They are troublemakers. They cause dissension. They cause division. And when they do that, they are doing the devil's work. They are sons of the devil. Jesus one time told the Pharisees, you're sons of the devil. What he's talking about is you're doing exactly what the devil does. But those who bring reconciliation and unity are doing the work of God. Peacemakers will be called the children of God because they are doing what God does. They are exhibiting God's character. Now these first seven Beatitudes forming, form an ascending line of maturity in the new life of a Christian from stage to stage. It all begins with the foundation of being poor in spirit. And then with each line, it expresses a relationship that we have with God that also affects our relationship with our fellow man as well. For instance, they that mourn for their sin in relationship toward God will be meek in their relationship with their fellow man. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness in their relationship towards God will be merciful in their relationship with their fellow man. Those who are pure in heart in their relationship towards God will be peacemakers in their relationships with their fellow man. Or to say it another way, mature believers will be meek, merciful, and peacemakers because they mourn sin, hunger and thirst for righteousness, and are pure in heart. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Jesus tells us how to live a life that God blesses. And so I have some homework for you, should you choose to accept it this week. And that is, as you do your daily devotions, measure yourself against the Beatitudes. And what you're going to find every day, every one of us, is that we fall short. And when we fall short, we ask God to help us and to change us so that we can live lives each day that are more and more pleasing and glorifying to Him. See, um, the bottom line is, is you can't change anybody else. I know you've tried. Wives, I can guarantee you tried to fix your husbands. Husbands, don't laugh too loud because you tried to fix your wife. We can't change anybody else. And the sad reality is we can't even change ourselves. How many New Year's resolutions have you failed to fulfill? We can't change anybody else. We can't change ourselves. Only God can change us. 
And God will only change us when we ask him to. And so as we're going through these Beatitudes and we're reflecting on our life and we're seeing where we fall short, we ask God to change us. And the promise is, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God's not going to give up on you. I'm not going to say, Leighton, you are just not worth the effort. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, amen. After all, he died for us, didn't he? Why in the world would he give up on us? That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. We call this section the Beatitudes. It's a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And we'll continue on Monday with more. Thank you for joining us today. This is a broadcast production of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. Service times across the weekend begin on Saturday evening and continue through Sunday morning and again on Sunday evening. All the information is on that website. And if you'd like to know more about this specific broadcast outreach, go to our website for the ministry, studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day and a blessed weekend. And come back Monday at this same time when we'll continue to study verse by verse.